0: Hey, hey, Boss Ballers. Happy Wednesday. This is Patty Dominguez and Tim Wambach. You are listening to the Boss Society Podcast. This is episode 80. And on today's show, we are featuring Jason Troy, a leading expert and coach who is going to be telling us about how to get unstuck and lead. Jason has worked with the likes of Steve Jobs. He works with experts, entrepreneurs, and executives to help them to get known and stand out. He teaches them key success, skill sets, and how to build their relationships. Just as a segue, Tim had some trouble some technical trouble so unfortunately he had to unplug from the show but it's all good i grabbed the reins and kept the conversation going and I, I think you'll find it to be really great content from jason of course so make sure to let us know what you think at boss societycom or on twitter at boss3society our handle and on facebook to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so because that is what makes you a boss free baller
1: Your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wombach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included.
2: patty we are back in the studio with another great great guest and there's a little uh backstory on this one that i think it's kind of funny i got an email from our guest uh, a few weeks ago and he wanted to see if if he could be on the show and of course i have to do my little bit of uh of looking in and doing the the stalking if you will and listening to some of the old, other podcasts he's been on and it turned out that he grew up in the chicagoland area and through our emails back and forth, our correspondence, we found out that we went to Loyola Academy. We both went to the same high school. Uh, Jason's a couple years younger than me, so, but we were at Loyola Academy at the same time, so that is pretty, pretty cool. Um, So we want to tell you about Jason. Jason is a top business and executive coach. He's a leading expert on human behavior, leadership, and relationship building. At the heart of his strategy is the understanding that people in your relationships your true wealth. Everything we accomplish in life is with our is with or through other people. He works with experts, entrepreneurs, and executives to help them get unstuck and stand out by building key skill sets, creating their brand, platform, and purpose, and building key relationships that impact the bottom line. His best-selling book, Social Wealth, the how-to guide on building personal and professional relationships Has sold more than thirty thousand
3: copies. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Jason Troy. Thanks for having me on the show, Patty and Tim. I appreciate being here and speaking with your fantastic tribe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you tremendously. And just to get started right away, because you're a man of many accomplishments. And as we're looking through, we were just taking a look at your book, and so impressively that it sold over thirty thousand copies. Um, Your background on LinkedIn as well, and what I find it is really interesting and correct me if I'm wrong you were a lawyer at one point
3: yes okay I went to law school graduated and then decided not to use it and I got my master's in communication at the same time so it was a lot, lot of school so. okay <laughs> so
0: you weren't a practicing lawyer
3: I was and I never practiced officially after I left school I did some internships but not actually on my own
0: Yeah. Out of curiosity, what was it that made you say, yeah, I just really don't love it and kind of veer off into this whole other area? We had a little bit of a precursor before we hit the record button. And I'm sorry that I didn't hit the record button because you had some fascinating perspectives. So how does one say, Nah, I don't want to do the lawyer thing, transition over into what you do now?
3: Well, my second year when I was actually interviewing for internships, I asked a softball question at the end. And little did I know at that point that it was probably the most loaded, tough question to ask anyone. And I asked people, and this was going from really senior level partners down to associates, are you happy? And it was the question that took the longest for them to answer. And also the one where my BS meter went way up in the air. And when you're asking, literally, I probably asked 30 people that question. Every single person had a hard time asking the question. So I realized when you go 0 for 30, there's a problem. (laughs) And I started to see that lawyers have one of the highest rates of alcoholism and drug use and divorce rates of any advanced degree. And so I was like, that's not good. And then I saw people that are really successful in the law are people that are rainmakers that are bringing in the business. And in order for me to have that lifestyle, I'd be out late, working crazy hours, and you know I'd be dead probably by now. So by making a lot of money, but I'd be dead. So that really wouldn't exactly. be good. So I was like, and my life flashed before my eyes, and I saw the road ahead, and I was like, I just can't be on this road. Right? It's 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 so lucrative and it's so addicting that I'd want to have it. But I know that when I – because I'm an extrovert, that would be the easiest way because I probably wouldn't, wasn't, wasn't going to be the best lawyer. But I probably was going to be someone who could get out there and get the money in through bringing in clients because that's what I do better. So I knew that that would be a road that would be –
0: and how did you transition into what you do now? Because someone would say going from the the legal side of things, black and white, into something that you do now, more coaching, counseling, more on, on the emotionally driven perspectives of how to move people forward. They're so different.
3: Yeah, well, I went into marketing. So I had been marketing for a long time in Silicon Valley. And that was really great. I got to work with Steve Jobs. I got to work with some really high profile other CEOs. And you know it was a really great opportunity for me to learn about marketing and branding and communications. And so it wasn't as far afield. And then I got into this business really because I was helping. I, I love to help, and that's what I do. I mean, in my life, that's what it brings me like the biggest amount of joy. And I was helping two friends of mine with their friends move from one city to another city, and they were very worried about it. And so I basically held them by their hands and Within three months, both people who didn't know each other and they were living in different cities had better lives than they had in like the 30 years previously in the city they were living in. So I knew that there was something that I had here that was really interesting and really worked well. Because if it's going to work in 90 days or less for someone um, who's an introvert and more engineering focused, that it could work for anyone mainstream. And so then I approached someone I knew had an existing business to saying, hey, maybe I could try this out as a side hustle. And, you know, I did that and worked with this person for a while and then we had a huge falling out and it was actually better because at the end of the day, probably one of my greatest weaknesses or that or for me was really not believing in myself enough to go out on my own full time. And so when that happened a couple of years ago, just was and I quit my job and it was a, a blessing
0: yeah so so how did you, from a mental aspect point, prepare yourself from going from a job into entrepreneurship? A lot of our audience is in that transition, and a lot of that transition comes with a lot of anxiety and overwhelm like and people are so identified by their job titles and going into entrepreneurship you're it's almost like you're starting with a clean slate and goes with a lot of that inner dialogue
1: yeah,
3: I mean. You know, I probably had a false sense of security in some ways because I was doing it with someone else at the time when I quit my job. Uh, and that was probably actually bad because at some point when I realized my business partner and I had a huge falling out, I was by myself and I was sort of out there all alone. That it was definitely a really, really difficult time in my life to have to really get to the next level. But sometimes we just have to fall flat on our face in order for us to get up and really take the next step forward. And so while I would not recommend someone do that, it's just something that just happened and the stars aligned at all the right times. But it was a really hard, hard, hard road to be on. So um, and I'm glad I'm not there right now. <laughs> so but there's other challenges, right? Because as soon as you do that, now you have something else. And I, and I realized for my mentors and other people in my life is that the more uncertainty you can live with in your life, mm. the more successful you will be. And you can't just jump into a lot of it because you've got to be able to live in it. So it's a process over time. And that's where really successful people live because they realize when they're they're feeling comfy on their couch, they're not in the right place. And I think that's you know more of where my life has is, is taken me. And I think for a lot of people, it's a really difficult place to be. And I think this transition from entrepreneurship is hard as well. I mean, I, I see it with clients who are really successful because people who are like they don't have anything and now they do and they might sell a company or there might be a CEO of a company. Like where they go next is really difficult. That's why you see a lot of people have midlife crisis. You know, they disassociate from their life with alcohol abuse, drugs, gambling, affairs, I mean, whatever it might be because looking themselves in the mirror is really hard and now they actually have something to lose. They have some money that now is substantial to them and that might all go away.
0: So have you coached people through those types of transitions where they were identified by a specific project or a big CEO title and then now they they find themselves with an identity crisis? And if that would be the case, how have you helped close the gap for people on that?
3: That's like every single person that's at that level. In fact, it's really interesting. I have a CEO of a client of mine who sold a couple of franchises a few weeks ago and he made a lot of money. And you'd think at that point he'd be popping the champagne bottles, yeah. but every single person who sold was forlorn, was not really that happy. And it's funny, emotionally, they're like, well, what's next? Like now I've got this gone. All these people now that were a part of my life are now gone and I have this yeah. money book, but now what's it going to do for me? And now I've got to worry about what to do with the money. And I was really actually surprised at how difficult like that transition is for people. And I think the problem is, is if you look at how to transform your life, you have um, a behavior that you want to change, right? Maybe you're stuck or you can't find your path. And then you have a story about the world around you below that, right? And that story is anything about external things, right? Like now I'm stuck, like I've been really successful, but other people aren't helping me or I can't figure out the solution in the world around me or, you know, who's there really to support me in my life, whatever that might be, and it's really difficult. You can take training, you can do affirmations, you can do a lot of stuff, but what happens is most people stay stuck in this loop, right? Because they'll encounter some negativity or resistance in finding a new path, and then the little voice in their head says, see, I told you, you couldn't do that, and then they go back into the, neg- the behavior, right, that they want to change, and it puts them in a real negative state. And so ultimately... You've got to dive down deeper. And in the first state deeper than that is your emotional level, right? Because emotions are why we do everything in our life. They're the gateway to unleashing our true power as individuals. And the challenge is is that we have to actually feel those feelings fully, right? Whatever they might be. And when you talk about shame or we talk about people who are dealing with a huge amount of shame, Things that keep them there are the silence and secrets, right? They don't have any trusted person to tell, and they stay silent, and they don't talk to people. So people who are victims of trauma and abuse, that's how they stay stuck. So you have to voice what's going on inside of you and get your emotions out. So my clients, I have a process of getting them unstuck by going through a process to get them out of it really quickly and then finding their purpose, which is an internal purpose, not an external purpose, which would be, a business, a person, or significant to that point. And then when you go deeper from the emotional level below that, it's, an, it's a limiting belief about yourself, right? It's having, you have absolute certainty around something. And I have clients who absolutely believe they're not good enough. They absolutely believe they're not intelligent enough. They absolutely believe they're not enough. And so it doesn't matter if that's a figment in their head or you're like, well, that's just what you're making up. They believe it as though it's one plus one equals two. And then when you go a little deeper on that, you start realizing that what happened below the age of 10 is the key thing in your life. Because you have patterns and model after your parents, your siblings, or maybe a close family friend. Unless you have some major trauma after that, those patterns now are set moving forward. You just can't see them because we cannot see our blind spots as human beings. That's just not how we're built. So when you can sort of see this anatomy of transformation from your story to your behavior to your emotions to your beliefs... To what happened early on in your childhood, you can see the patterns you've been following, and now it's just slightly twisting and changing some patterns a little bit, and you can have a massive transformation and change, which can will not only help you but will bring significant change in the bottom line. I did it for a sales training for like two clients, and it's amazing. One of my clients just had the best quarter of her entire sales career. Um, after doing it and people are because what kept them stuck wasn't sell, wasn't knowing how to sell more it was themselves yeah and it was abuse it was trauma i mean i ran through this training to people and it's amazing what went on that was the really the problem not that they couldn't sell more
0: so is this a process that you go through? Is it NLP, neurolinguistic programming, or what? And what and how long would somebody go through that? In other words, uh, you know, to find the reason, the cause, the emotional, the limiting belief crashing through in order to have the breakthrough in order to move on.
3: I mean, it's not, I don't really do NLP with it. I mean, I just go talk, have a conversation and pattern and process. I mean, I've spent a lot of money on coaching for myself. I have got great coaches and, um, I really tried to investigate it. I mean, within two to three sessions with someone, I mean, I, I, because my, my clients stay with me because I can get behavioral change really fast and I can get them moving forward where they need to go right now. You know, some things keep holding them back, but in some level or another, but we keep working through them, but they have pretty massive change pretty quickly and some of these things take a little bit longer to answer to, but we work on this over a period of time and within a few months, I mean they're firing in all cylinders. I had a client of mine who executive in a very large company here in Dallas and you know unemotional person came from a background where his father was an Irish cop and mother was you know New Englander and just not not emotional at all. And he didn't have an emotional bone in his body and like you know three months into our coaching three or four months in. He dropped his daughter off at summer camp and he was so happy and he told me the story and he drove away with tears in his eyes for the first time in 25 years. And I'd say to you, like, that ability, you know, and I'm walking around the corporate office and people are like, man, that guy's got like a new spring in his step. Whatever you're, you know, giving him, keep giving more. And it's because you can't give what you don't have and you have to get unstuck and you have to fully feel your feelings, every feeling that you have. Because you can't be empathetic towards other people. You can't get into other people's head. You can't understand their emotional states. And as a leader, you absolutely have to do that. If you want to be a transcendental leader and you want to be a great leader, that's a quality you have to have. And that's why most people who are leading organizations are very poor leaders. It's not because they can't work hard. It's not because they're not working smart in those areas. It's just that they don't have key skill sets that they've never been taught, right? Like influence, leadership, this emotional connection, social skills, communication skills. I mean, none of that stuff's taught. So they just don't know it.
0: So here's the issue, though, that if they're supposed to, or ideally the right type of leader is in touch with your emotions, that may be misconstrued as showing vulnerability, which is counterintuitive perceptively to what a CEO should be seen as because they could be seen as weak, You know, what would you challenge that to that point?
3: Well, I'd say the, the, you know, the research out there states that the number one issues, I mean, for people feeling this vulnerable, the shame level comes down to women having body image, right? And men feeling weak. And that are the two top things. And that's beyond a doubt. Every, everyone agrees on and, you know, I think as a man, you have to realize that unless you can be vulnerable yourself, you can't expect it to other people. And if you want an organization you're leading to go all in, you have to go all in. And if you only are willing to talk about surface-level things, you can't expect other people to do it, right? I have mm-hmm. clients who have kids, and I'm like, if you if you want to be a parent, you have to be the adult you want your child to be. You can't tell your child, well, don't do this, yet you're doing it, right? Because you're setting an example for them. Because you, what happens is a parent's... Children mimic their parents. They model that behavior, no matter what you're going to do. So you have to. And I see it playing out in my clients' kids. I mean, they they can. I can show them exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it, and related to them, and they see it themselves. And so it's never too late to change. But you've got to acknowledge what's going on. And vulnerability in leadership is the way to transform an organization. I mean, hands down, I see it happening. I see every leader I'm working with doing it. I see people in sales do it. It doesn't matter who it is, right? That's the ultimate key. And if you refuse to do that, that's fine. You're just going to not be successful. And that translates not being successful personally because we don't compartmentalize our lives. We think we do, but the reality is, is we are one person. We're not a business person and we're not a exactly. personal.
0: You know, I love that because it really goes to the whole concept or the whole truth of being congruent. They have to be congruent in your life, the way you represent yourself. And if there's a disparity there, it's just not going to be seamless and you can't possibly flow. Maybe that's yes. a little new age, but it's the flow. It's the flow of the way that you show up, the flow of the the way decisions are made and the results that you get. So I, I love that. I think that's really crazy. Critical for people to really understand that that congruency is absolutely pivotal. So. Yeah, you
3: have to be aligned, right? Because when you're aligned internally and externally, you are so powerful, you can't even understand because there's almost no one like that. And the more successful you are, the actually the more powerful it is because when you start operating at the highest levels and walk yeah. in a room, because I have a client who went to the TED conference in Vancouver last March, and he had, you know, he's this extroverted person, but he'd never been to a conference like this. And we had worked on a lot of stuff for a while together. And he absolutely killed it there. I mean, he went in there and he met, you know, um, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, actually sent him an iPhone with a signed note on it to his hotel room while he was there. Wow. He met Bill Gates. He ended up meeting Richard Branson through someone else we networked out to, which is Childhood Hero. He met 20, 30 other people. He's got some massive investments that are going to make him an insane amount of money um because his ability to emotionally connect with people and be aligned and it's that powerful because the more wealthy you are people are so worried about getting taken advantage of they're so worried about that that if you can actually walk in a room that you're aligned you're authentic you're vulnerable you're speaking your truth and you're generous you lead with generosity the world opens up in a massive level, and I've seen this now happen with a couple of my clients to the point where it's I need to start charging more money Yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, I know that I'm not. But it's it's really something that's pretty spectacular. And, and anyone can do that in any level they will get massive lifts no matter how successful. But when you see people at the highest levels being successful, you know that it can work for every single person.
0: That's so exciting. Okay, so, so let's transition over to your book. Your book, Social Wealth how to build extraordinary relationships right so yes. in the beginning of the book you say your life experience comes down to two things the quality of the relationship with others and yourself and what you create and collaborate with others we covered a little uh, the the whole thing about ourselves now can you go into how your life experience comes down to two things the quality of the relationship with others and yourself
3: right so the thing you you, you can't again you can't have something that you're not willing to give and what's great thing is when you're emotionally available and you're vulnerable to people and you lead with it you open up relationships a lot quicker so I'll give you an example so I was at a charity event a couple like a couple months ago and I met a woman and I was having a conversation and she was mentioning um this was a cancer charity event and she was mentioning the fact that she really enjoys being a part of these organizations and I was like you know, I love it too. In fact, the reason that I'm a part of them is my mom had leukemia and she was almost going to die and she got some experimental drugs from Sloan Kettering a long time ago um, that saved her life, right? And this woman then tells, broke down and told me about her sister having breast cancer and why she'd get involved and she had tears in her eyes. And I mean, there's like 300 people here. So it's not like normal for people to get tears in their eyes. But the reason, and this is a 10 minute conversation. I'd never met her before. Wow. I didn't get introduced to her. Had no background, right? And the reason that happened is because you have to lead with vulnerability. You have to lead with authenticity, right? I didn't my story I told her was maybe 60 seconds long. I didn't spend time on it, but it did enough that when you do that, it makes other people feel safe, that they can share themselves Mm -hmm. and they won't be judged. And it won't be something seen as weak or negative. And that way, now, I mean, I learned more about her than most people could have spent 10 times meeting her, and they would have found out less than I would have, right? So, so I speed the relationship building sets up tremendously with that. And one question I ask people, and I've never heard anyone talk about this before, and it, this is why I can meet people and build relationships just like this, I, one of the first couple questions I ask people is, like, what are you passionate about? Like, what projects are you working on that you're right. passionate about? Because that gets in their heart what they really care about, right? And in the business setting, it's even more powerful because I'm not asking them like where do you work? What do you do? Because that (laughs) because that may not be what they love. And and even if it's that part of their work, it may be something specific in there. And then if you lead after that, asking them, Do you need help around that or do you have any challenges? Then you can offer and lead with helping, right? And maybe it's a book, maybe it's a contact, maybe it's an article, maybe nothing comes to mind. But you can follow up and try to find something out. And if you can do that, magic can start to happen because when you lead with giving, the only people that do that and have, don't have a scorecard with another person are people in their inner circle, like their best friends, a business partner, a spouse, someone else. Well, psychologically, you start putting yourself in that magical place when you do that. And then people will give you anything because they don't need anyone who actually operates like that. It's extremely rare. I mean, I don't, and I meet a lot of people. So this is kind of what happens. And when you start building on rapport, likability, and trust, and you can do that very quickly in any relationship, you'll magically move forward. And then you can get people to collaborate with you and do business ventures, try things, invest in you, whatever it might be. But you've got to make people feel safe and secure and in a great place for them to go all in on you.
0: That's brilliant. So in chapter three of your book, you have something called the 12 power principles of social success. And I don't know if that tip that you gave before about, you know, leading with vulnerability and authenticity is one, but that's a killer tip. And I love that question that you asked when you first meet people is what are you passionate about? I think that's brilliant because it's so it's so you know, everyone's zigging with, oh, tell me, what do you do? Where are you from this and that? And like, you completely zagged with that question. Um, so it's really awesome. So can you give us a couple more of if it's okay, the 12 power principles of social success.
3: I think one is the one we miss is listening, right? We very seldom listen an active listener. And one of the things that I've always thought to myself is the only person that matters is the person right in front of my face, especially when I'm out and about meeting people. Because often what people are doing is they're looking around the room and, and they're not paying attention or they're thinking about what they have to do later Um, and that the problem with all that is, is that nonverbal communication is most of communication so that people can figure out that you're not engaged with them and then you're not really present. And that says to them that you don't care. And then they tune out and that happens all the time. And as an active listener, you need to repeat parts of the conversation back. Mm. You need to link it to other things. And that is something powerful, right? The other thing that I do is, um, I love the power of groups, right? Social influencers sit in two places mainly, and that's in charitable organizations and in nonprofits, meaning museum, symphony, opera, etc. That's where people or money go. Well, that's where influencers go, so that's where people should go. And the great thing about both those sets of organizations, people lead with giving because they're about giving and giving back to other people. And that's always the best place to start a relationship with them. So you know, that's a key thing. Leveraging groups is great because you can meet a lot of people. All those people are there for a reason. They're there to meet other people, so that's easy, and you can meet a lot more people. People who are introverted or socially awkward, that's a great place to go because people's defenses are down. Yeah. I mean, they're open to meeting other people, so people have a hard time getting out and meeting people or they're not, you know, really unsure. That's the best place to go. I and mean, those are great places to ultimately go. You know, the other thing, too, is introducing people to other people. It's the number one social skill set that will transform your life. And what I do and what I mean by that is let's say I'm at a charity event and I'm going to get a drink at the bar, whether it's an alcohol, whether it's water. It doesn't really matter. You're standing in line waiting. You might as well talk to people. So what I do is I say to the person on my left, hey, what's going on? How's your day? Or what's on the agenda this week? And it doesn't even matter what they say, right? If there's a person on my right, I literally – Say to the person on my left, like, "Hey, do you both know each other?" And I'll point to the person on my right, and they'll most likely say no. Sometimes they say yes, right? And then I say, "Well, you two should meet each other, right?" And I get excited about it, and then I start to—I'll throw anything at it. it doesn't even matter. Are you both members of this organization? How did you get involved? Blah blah blah. People want to meet other people, right? That is one thing. No one's ever said to me, "I don't want to meet anyone new." hundred percent of people, right? (laughs) So everyone could take advantage of it. And it's a great thing. And so people, and it doesn't matter if it's a man or woman. And then sometimes what I'll do is there'll be someone right over my shoulder, left or right. And I'll bring them in the conversation. I'll introduce, I'll interrupt the two people and I'll just throw them all together because you never know what's going to happen. I've introduced a lot of people have gotten married, have run marathons, have started business. I mean, I don't even know probably a lot of the things that are going on because I don't, to me, it's, I'm, I focus on the moment I'm not worried about what's going to happen because you don't know. But after introducing hundreds of thousands of people, no one's ever laughed in my face, slapped me threw a drink on me or anything else. So like, why would you not want to do that? Like there's zero downside. I have no clients who's ever had a negative experience either. So like I've got enough proof points to say it works and it works all the time and it works in any setting. I've done it online at Starbucks before when I was waiting for a coffee. Like I'll introduce a person in front of me and behind me and I'll just have <laughs> conversation. And I'm like, why not? What's the exactly. worst thing they can do? They could not engage and I'm like, okay, that's fine. They're not interested. I what what do I have to lose? Right. I mean, you've no downside at that point, but the upside is absolutely, you know, transformational if you know, if you do it because everyone wants to meet new people you never know who you're going to meet and it's a wonderful skill set to get in because that's the ultimate giving because you're getting two people together and socially it's extremely powerful because you are the hub and other people are the spokes and when you think about that and start building your life around that it gets you in a very powerful place and an influential place right and if you use that power in a good way it can really make um, a massive difference in your life and those, in the, everyone you touch.
0: So, so, so good. Okay. So if you can believe it, we're almost at a half an hour here. And so for me to, um, to flip this back on you, for you, Jason, what are you passionate about?
3: Well, I'm passionate about, I love being on shows like this and talking about this topic. I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about you know, giving back. I'm pa- passionate about my business, coaching and helping people because that to me is, you know, my calling in life. And I know that my top emotions in my life are connecting and belonging. And when I'm in that mode and I'm doing those things, I, I feel the rest of my emotions. And I'm fired up in my life. So I love that. I love the Dallas Cowboys. Like, <laughs> last night.
0: Well, we already established my, that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I love my Jack Russell Terrier and, you know, I'm just a big fan of just getting involved in other organizations and groups. And I love to learn too. And travel. I'm going to a Fortune CEO conference in Austin um, at the end of the month and I'm excited about that because I can meet some amazing people and learn and it's a fantastic thing.
0: Absolutely. So if you were to you were to offer some advice, some sage advice to somebody that is hearing this show and be like, "Wow, I don't even know where to start. This is so amazing." You know, why don't you provide some coaching, if you will, for what they can do in the next 24 to 48 hours to really move their thinking. You know, we usually say their business forward, but you've really challenged that by saying it all starts on the inside.
3: Yeah, I'd say a couple things. One, Find some groups you can go to in the next two weeks and try to go to at least two things every week and find some charities and um, you know nonprofits or even some business groups to go out to. I don't like networking groups because there's a lot of desperation. Yes. Those are great things because you've got to start meeting people. You've got to get out and start doing massive immersion, right? I'd pick a topic or two you might want to read a book on, take a course on. I always think that's a good thing to do. And I start having some real honest conversations with myself saying, what's really blocking me? Like, what's really holding me back in my life? And starting to look at your emotions and trying to ask yourself, what emotions am I feeling? How am I feeling about myself, right? And if you get stuck, start getting help, right? You're going to have to start investing yourself and spending time getting coaching. You know, I did it and I've spent a lot of money on it. Initially, I found some people that were just okay, but that helped me find great people later on. And as a coach, I have a coach, right? Because I can't see my blind spots. and How can I coach other people if I'm unwilling to go where I need to go as a person on an ongoing um, daily basis? And so I think those are some really quick things to do. I'd also tell them that social communication and emotional skill sets are all learned behaviors. Most people are not good at them for a reason because they don't study them and they don't practice them, right? It's like going to the gym. You, you, You don't get in shape by going once a month. You have to practice these things. And because we're not taught in school, like math or science or English, they're actually more important skill sets than those that are later in life. It's just not in our grain in our society because it's easier for people not to do that work because that's the hardest work because we have to take a look in a lens inside of ourselves. So you've got to start working on that and practicing those things. Otherwise, you're going to stay stuck and you're going to have a lot of valleys in your life.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. So, then how can somebody connect with you, Jason, if they're interested in your book, you know, where you're going to be speaking or anything like that?
3: So, they can go to my website at beextraordinary.tv. That's beextraordinary.tv. It's all one word. And I've got a bunch of free guides on branding, you know, on helping yourself get unstuck, networking, and networking for introverts and relationship building and blah, blah, blah. And then I have like my book. (laughs) And then there's coaching options for people that want to do that. So there's a lot and down the road there will be a product I'm working on as well. so there's
0: a lot there. A lot to come. Well, we wish you continued success. It has been so good to have you. I personally, I love this entire topic. I mean, we could talk on and on and on about it because I think it's so crucial to, to finding that success that we're all looking for in our entrepreneurial careers. So guys, listen to this again and again. It really is phenomenal information. So Jason, thank you so much for your time and, and imparting all the wisdom.
3: Well, thanks, uh, Patty and Tim, for having me on your show and with your tribe.
0: Awesome. Thank you. See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.